Welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm your guest host, Lee Klecker, the executive producer for the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. And I'm so happy to be back in the Sunflower House. I'm filling in for Dr. Thacker this episode to interview one of Dr. Thacker's amazing nurses, Alexandria De Los Santos. Alexandria is a registered nurse who currently works as care coordinator and the Cleveland Clinic Center for Specialized Women's Health. She received her bachelor's degree at Notre Dame College in Cleveland, and she started her nursing career in colorectal surgery at the Cleveland Clinic and then transitioned into management. She started working in women's health in 2022 and hopes to build longitudinal relationships with patients through their menopausal journey. Welcome, Alexandria. Okay, well, let's talk about this. I thought it was interesting when um, I saw your title, care coordinator. Now, I'm actually a patient at the Cleveland Clinic, and I'm not really familiar with that title. So I thought you could tell us what what you do and what that role is. Yes. So as a care coordinator, I am a nurse, and I help manage Dr. Thackers and all the other providers here at Women's Health. I do their triage. I help with their telephone messages. I help with scheduling custom fits and custom fit pluses, which I'll get into more of. Um, But I help coordinate all of women's health. So I also do the custom fits and the custom fit plus. And with that, that is a concierge service that Dr. Thacker provides. So with that, you get a full 60 minutes with Dr. Thacker, a full physical, a breast exam, a mammogram, a pap, basic laboratory tests. We also do a custom fit plus, which you can get consults to other departments. So let's say you have a rash on your back that you need to check or a history of basal cell carcinoma and you want to go to dermatology, we'll set that up for you. Or if you're just having some belly problems lately, we can send you to a gastroenterologist or a nutritionist to get that further evaluated. We do recommend with the custom fit physicals that you give yourself a few days here. That way you do get the bang for your buck um, and that we can coordinate all your appointments accordingly. As some appointments do take four hours, like if you do want an eye exam. Those can go to four to six hours, or if you want a neuropsych appointment, those can be up to six hours. So we want to make sure you get everything that you want and mm-hmm. need. That's great. Um, I remember when I um, was working at Speaking of Women's Health and they started the custom fit program. Um, they received, I was actually down um, on main campus when they received the fancy robes and the slippers and um, they, you know, set up the room for all the patients Um, so is that something that's still part of custom fit is getting that type of like wellness experience as well? Yes. So we still have the bags. We still have the slippers and the robes. We just got some beautiful pens. Uh, Julie ordered so many great things and we set up our conference room for you guys. It is, it is an amazing experience. You get parking passes as well, Mm. because I know the commute to downtown is a hot mess sometimes, but it will make it a lot easier. Yeah, that's great. And um, if anyone's interested in the custom fit program, they can go to speakingofwomenshealth.com and all the information that Alexandria just talked about is on the website and a phone number to find out even more. Um, so going back to your workday, so being a nurse 
and you know working down at main campus. So what is your average workday like? Are you on the phone a lot? Are you seeing patients? Yeah, so I handle the triage for women's health, especially Dr. Thacker. So I help with the refills. I help with telephone messages that come in with women who are concerned or have some extra questions. I help with scheduling the custom fits and answering the MyChart questions. Sometimes I do hop into clinic. Um, it's actually a running joke here. I'm not supposed to be in clinic, but uh, we have a saying, do not drink the breast center water <laughs> because you'll get pregnant. So we have a lot of women who have recently had babies. So sometimes I hop into clinic. That way they have time, their personal time to oh, come. Oh, gosh. That's so funny. Um, well, that's a lot. I mean, you're doing a lot of different things, but that's amazing. And really, you know, what an interesting role. It's kind of, you know, it's not just nursing. You're doing several different things with patients, and I'm sure it's never a dull day for you. <laughs> never, never, but it's exciting. Keep yes, the day yes. Going. Okay, well, you actually recently wrote a column on speakingofwomenshealth.com, and it was called What to Expect When Starting Hormone Therapy. And I love that you actually came to Dr. Thacker with this wonderful idea because you, when you are talking with patients um, and they are starting hormone therapy, you get a lot of the same questions and concerns. So I'm sure the majority of our listeners are familiar with hormone therapy, but can you tell us a little bit about what it is and why a woman might need hormones? Yeah, so hormone therapy helps supplement the body with either estrogen alone or estrogen and progesterone in a combination. So when the ovaries are no longer able to produce the adequate amounts of these hormones, this is called menopause. So hormone therapy can be given to supplement the body with adequate levels of estrogen and progesterone. Mm -hmm. Hormone therapy helps replenish the estrogen, relieving some of the symptoms of menopause that you may be having, and it also helps prevent osteoporosis. Uh And so is hormone therapy the most common topic and concern that you do get from patients? It is, especially when it is new to them or they're even changing Uh their regimen. Okay, so let's dive into your column a little bit. You shared the top eight questions that you get from patients about hormone therapy. And number one was, is breast tenderness normal? It is. When, so when starting menopausal hormone therapy, it can cause some initial breast tenderness because the hormone therapy increases blood flow all over your body, which includes your breasts. This is a minor symptom that subsides over time. If you have been low in estrogen for some time and then start up even on the lowest dose of hormone therapy, it can cause some breast tenderness and it should not be a concern unless it does last over a few weeks. And what are some ways women could reduce the tenderness? So what we hear from our practitioners is to wear a good support bra, decreasing your caffeine intake, using over-the-counter aspirin cream. And if you are taking a fish oil supplement, you might want to stop this because this can increase your breast tenderness and cause breast cysts. Uh, What symptoms would be of concern? So you mentioned that if the breast tenderness goes on, you know, for a long period of time, more than normal, like, so what symptoms would be of concern and what should women do if they do start experiencing those symptoms and go past that normal time frame? 
Well, the first thing I want to make sure our women do is please make sure you're up to date on your current mammograms and you are doing your self-breast exams every month. So during your self-breast exam, you need to look for breast pain, any lumps or bumps, discoloration on either side of the breast, or nipple discharge. If you do have any of these, this calls, calls for further evaluation and you need to speak to your physician right away about okay. this. And that's, this is actually a great reminder because it is October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I love that you mentioned that. All right. Um, So question number two in your top eight questions that you get from patients about hormone therapy is, does menopausal hormone therapy cause blood clots? So in general, we are not concerned about using oral menopausal hormone therapy. However, it is the most concerning risk for menopausal oral hormone therapy to cause a DVT, which also is known as a deep vein thrombosis. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's when there would be concern. Is that correct? Yes. We also have concern too, if you have not taken any hormonal contraceptives in the past, have not been pregnant or have not had a baby, we kind of think of this as a trial run. So if you have had a baby, and if you have had hormonal contraceptives and have not gotten a DVT, we know that oral contraceptives can be a right regimen for you. So and what other options do women have who can't take hormone therapy due to whatever concerns, or maybe for those who are unwilling to take it? So if there is a concern, then there is transdermal patches for hormone therapy. Um, There's an estrogen patch, and there's also an estrogen progesterone patch, which is combined. And this does not increase your risk of a blood clot. For women who are unable to take hormone therapy or just don't Uh want to, which is fine, there is non-hormonal alternatives for hot flashes, such as SSRIs. Uh, bone loss, you have biophosphonates, and for vaginal thinning and atrophy, there is over-the-counter supplements that you can take. That's great. Okay, we're going to dive into question number three from your top eight questions from patients about hormone therapy, and that is, will women experience any bleeding or spotting when starting on hormone therapy? So bleeding or spotting is the most common issue that women deal with when starting menopausal hormone therapy, and this is in women with a uterus. So generally, after the initiation of hormone therapy, there should be no bleeding or spotting after the six-month mark. But prior to that, it can happen. But why would women be experiencing bleeding? Like, why is that a side effect? So the number one reason I get in my my chart messages is from the busy women who have told me, oh, I've skipped a medication, Um, I've been, I'm dealing with brain fog. I just haven't had time. So skipping the medication can cause bleeding to occur. However, if you are over the age of 40 and complain of abnormal bleeding, we do not automatically assume that skipping your medication is the reason for bleeding. If the bleeding does continue, we do advise you stopping your hormone therapy until you follow up with a gynecologist who can evaluate the lining of your uterus. But a good tip I like to tell my patients is to put an alarm on their phone so they remember to take their medication daily to avoid Mm -hmm. any bleeding. 
Now, there is times where you can bleed. Your physician can place you on cycled progesterone, and this is taken for the first 12 days of the month. This is used to predict your menses. So on the 10th day or after, if you bleed, that is completely fine. If you don't bleed at all, that is completely fine. Now, if you bleed days one through nine, you need to let us know because that needs further evaluation. So should women be concerned about bleeding after it's been so much time? You know, you talked about usually it's at the beginning or maybe if they miss a medication, if they're younger than 40, but is there uh, after so many months or weeks? We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Yeah, so after six months of using hormone therapy and no skipping of the medication and you're still experiencing spotting or bleeding, you do need to let us know as that is a concern and especially to women over the age of 60. Let's go on to question number four. Does hormone therapy cause cancer? Because, I mean, obviously this we've seen so much of this in the media and I know Dr. Thacker has written endless columns and articles and podcasts about this topic. So I'm sure you get a lot of it from the patients as well. Absolutely. So there has been so much research, 50 years worth. So we cannot say this enough. Hormone therapy does not increase your cancer death risk. Now, if you are on unregulated hormone therapy, which is in which is pellets, it can increase your risk for uterine endometrial cancer. Estrogen alone in women who do not have a uterus actually reduces your breast cancer risk even into your 70s. That's Yes, thank you. That is such an important message to share with women that they know that they can use hormone therapy as an option and there is not an increase in their cancer risk. Question number five for your top eight questions that you get from patients about hormone therapy. And this is, will women gain weight on hormone therapy? Oh, I remember when, you know, I'm in that perimenopause stage and I'm, you know, starting to get the you know, little belly weight here that's hard to get off. And, you know, I know I'm talking with my physician mm-hmm. about hormone therapy and that's a concern for me because I'm at an age where it's already, you know, a fight to keep the weight off and you know, we don't want to gain more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I totally understand. Women who are on hormone therapy do tend to be leaner than women who don't take any postmenopausal hormone therapy. Now, like you said, women do generally gain uh-huh. weight with age. However, doses of menopausal hormone therapy do not uh-huh. cause weight gain and are general are very helpful for maintaining body weight. One thing I do see, though, is with hormone therapy, women say, oh, my mood is so much better. Now, with a happy mood, Mm -hmm. people tend to eat. So you need to be very mindful of how much you're eating and 
make sure you exercise more and get some sleep. And sleep is so important, not just how many hours, but also the quality of your sleep. So if you notice that uh, you may have possible sleep apnea, that you're not getting enough REM. I know we have some Apple watches and some Samsung watches that can show you how good your sleep is. Um, See if your REM is low or if you have a husband that snores next to you. Uh, reach out to your PCP and be like, hey, I think I need a sleep study or something to help me sleep because that is so important with managing your weight. Now, there's also some things like it's called progestins that can cause some bloating, but this is also very rare for some women who are intolerant to even natural Mm -hmm. progesterone. So we recommend keeping a diary and considering seeing a functional medicine specialist. We actually have one here at Women's Health Center, and they promote gut health. They can put you on some amazing diets that help you, uh, holistic supplements. And then they also have a stool study, which is amazing, and it can show you what to eat, what not to eat, what is causing this bloating. It's it's actually amazing. That does sound amazing. The gut health is huge. I mean, it's a huge topic. Yeah. yeah. So seeing a functional medicine specialist is just, I recommend it for everybody. Yeah. I mean, just, just to learn what you shouldn't be eating, like uh, histamines and nuts. Like if you have skin issues, you shouldn't be eating nuts mm. and stuff like that. I mean, it gets so detailed. Yeah. So I highly recommend it for every person as it is different. Yes, I've, I've actually noticed the nut thing with myself. And never, again, when I was younger, but just a recent in the last couple of years. So, Okay, so number six, our, your number six question that you get from patients about hormone therapy is, when starting vaginal DHEA, what type of side effects will women experience? But if I could actually, I think I should have asked, started that question with, First, what is DHEA? And then we could dive into what type of side effects will women experience when they're starting this? Yes. So DHEA stands for dehydroepiinosterone. It is a very mouthful of a word. Yes. So that's why we <laughs> like to abbreviate it to DHEA so we all don't butcher it. Right. It is a hormone that is produced by our adrenal glands by both men and women. Okay. And so what type, so, so oh, I guess I'll start then when starting that and starting vaginal DHEA, what type of side effects will women experience? So it all depends on how bad your vaginal atrophy is. And vaginal atrophy is that thinning of your vaginal tissue and that dryness. When using vaginal DHEA, it may burn for the first few days, but it will abside. That's just your body trying to absorb all that DHEA. Mm. So, but if you do have any odor, if you do have any itchiness or redness that is new, please go see a gynecologist. You may need to be swabbed as this can indicate a vaginal infection. Okay. And so why would a woman need DHEA? You mentioned um, when they get a little thinning, um, you know, is, is that sort of the first symptom that women usually go to their healthcare provider and ask for something like this? Yes. And it's also too, people come to us and say that their intercourse is more painful now. Mm. So with DHEA, it does help that vaginal atrophy. Like mentioned before, it is that vaginal dryness and that vaginal thinning, Mm -hmm. but it helps boost that estrogen and testosterone within your vagina. And then it can also help with climax and arousal and making intercourse more enjoyable. Okay. And if you, I may have missed it, but is this a cream? 
No, so this is a suppository that you do put inside the vagina. We recommend doing it at night because if you do it in the morning and you stand up, it's going to fall out. So wear it at night. Uh, We do recommend wearing a panty liner with it just in case it does melt with your body. It can be a little bit messy, and if you don't want to ruin a nice pair of underwear, Uh wear a panty liner. Okay. And is it, is DHEA safe for your partner, like during any type of sexual activity? Yes, it is extremely safe. I'm pretty sure I get most of these messages from men (laughs) taking over their women's my chart, just wondering. But yes, it is very safe. It is tasteless. It is odorless and it will not affect your partner in any way. Okay. And so when you put the suppository in, do you have to wait a few days before you can engage in any sexual activity? No, you can engage right away. I do recommend waiting until you feel better. Um, So even three days would be fine if you start noticing, hey, it's not as uncomfortable anymore. I don't feel as dry. Mm -hmm. Then you can engage in sexual activity, but there is no time frame on it. Very interesting. Thank you. All right. Question number seven. Do women need any tests or screenings before starting hormone therapy? Yes. So we like to get a whole picture of your health and doing that. We like to use blood, like blood draws. So with this, we would get like a fasting blood sugar to see if you're a diabetic. If you're having issues with your weight, we may want to test your thyroid as you may have like an underlining thyroid issue that you need to see an endocrinologist for. Uh, Test your estrogen, test your FSH level, see where your ovaries are at. If they're working or probably not working anymore. And then test your um, hepatitis C. So this is a one-time test. If you have had it done, please bring it in because we don't want you to get double poked for blood draws. Okay. Okay, great. Now with this, we also have oral um, estrogen. So oral estrogen can also affect your liver, coagulation factors, and triglycerides. So when you do go get your estrogen levels done, it's also called an estradiol blood draw, uh, do not take any biotin for 72 hours prior to having labs drawn. Biotin is also called vitamin B7, and this can be hidden in your multivitamins if you take a hair, skin, and nails. So just be very conscious of the supplements you're taking and double check them, because if you are taking this, it can mess your estradiol level up, and we want to know your true level. Yes. So probably very important for women to tell their healthcare provider everything they're taking, eat down to every supplement. Yes. Yes. Even bring them in. That would be great. That way we can also enter them into, we call it a MAR. Um, that way we can enter in into the MAR and just know what you're taking and every physician in the department can follow oh, you. Oh, that's great. Okay. All right. Question number eight, the last question. When will women feel better after starting hormone therapy? So it all depends on the women. Most women tend to feel better within a few days to a few weeks after starting hormone therapy. For others, it can take 12 weeks of a steady state. So we do recommend always making up a follow-up appointment three months after starting hormone therapy, just in case your doses do need to be changed. But for the most part, we do see improvement within that 12-week span. But it depends on many factors, and we really stress to be patient. Mm -hmm. But if you are feeling better from where you were before, that just reinforces that this was the right option for you and the right regimen. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, thank you. And but while we have you, I'm not going to let you go just yet because <laughs> you take advantage of our time with a nurse. So <laughs> something that I I have heard just in my meetings and, and working with the center for so many years. But what is something that you want to remind patients even before they make appointments? Because I know the appointment making, oi. Um, can be a big thing as it is. So I think telling patients what they can do ahead of time before they pick up the phone to make the appointment, giving them some tips so they're prepared and that call doesn't have to be so stressful for the patient and for the nurse and the care coordinator. So the number one thing I would like to stress is before you make your appointment, before you come to your appointment, please bring paperwork. Please get all your paperwork together of your health history. Hormone therapy is so individualized per woman. Mm -hmm. It's no size fits all. So if you've had a gastric bypass in the past, if you've had a DVT, like we talked about, a breast biopsy, an abnormal pap, we want to know about that. Mm -hmm. Please do not assume that it's going to be in our records as you could have had it done at another hospital. And I mean, Prior to this, we had paper charting and then hospitals change uh, software programs all the time. So it may not be in our system. So physically bring in your paperwork that we that way we can know how to provide you the best hormone therapy regimen and the best and safest care for you. That's great. Thank you. And so sometimes I, you know, patients need to do more than just make a checkup appointment, wellness appointment. Um, and if they want to talk to somebody more than just the, you know, general line you get when you're making your appointments, or I know specifically at the Cleveland clinic, that's how it works. What are some channels that patients can, should go through to talk to the, you know, the nurse from their, um, doctor's office or someone else, you know, it, maybe it's not just a nurse, maybe it's a PA or. So I always recommend sending a my chart message. Mm. That way it will be addressed in the Cleveland Clinic. Our policy is 72 hours. It will be addressed in 72 hours or give us a phone call. Um, One of our administrators will pick up and get a detailed of what's going on and send it to our nurse pool. Now our nurses are in clinic and we are in triage. So we will get back to you as soon as we can to take care of that. But that is the best way to reach us is through one of those messages or phone calls. Yeah, that's so helpful. I mean, because, you know, sometimes it, it is more than just that yearly visit. And if you have something very serious going on, which can be very emotional and very stressful, you know, I think that's great, you know, just being able to, you know, send that message on my chart and then it gets to the person it needs to get to. So, yes. Okay. Many times, and I'm definitely have gone through this and I'm going through this, patients have to wait months to see a doctor. Um, is there any way that someone can get in faster to their physician or is this just how things are going to be now? So I highly, highly recommend when you leave your appointment, please uh, call and schedule your next one. Okay. Even if it's, even if it's a three month appointment, even if it's a year out, schedule your next one. That way it's one less worry on your plate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know menopause specialists, they're few and far between. Uh So Dr. Thacker is very limited. Um, And then also you can do concierge programs again, Uh like mentioned before the custom fit and custom fit plus as well. That's right. Great. 
All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts or tips that you want to share with our listeners before we are done with this episode? Yes. So the biggest thing, like I mentioned before, is please come prepared. Bring your paperwork. Don't be scared to start a new hormone therapy and don't be scared to ask questions and make sure you stay focused on your end goal of what you want relieved. Like I want my hot flashes addressed. I want to make sure my moodiness is addressed. My weight is addressed. That way we can guide you in the best possible way we can. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Alexandra, for joining us on the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. And we are so grateful for all of your support and hope you will consider supporting the podcast by sharing it with others, donating to the Speaking of Women's Health program, or leaving a five-star rating and review. And to catch all the latest from the Speaking of Women's Health podcast, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time in the Sunflower House.